0: everybody welcome to episode four of the how to fix a broken record podcast i am just so excited to continue talking through with you the themes of the book how to fix a broken record and thank you for listening subscribing and rating us we appreciate all of the rates especially the five star ones (laughs) This episode we are talking about part 3 of the book. We are talking about marriage and I am so excited to talk marriage with Montel and Kristen Jordan. Yeah. Thank y'all for Woo-hoo. joining me. Yeah. Glad oh, to be
1: goodness. here. Oh my goodness.
0: So this is this conversation is about to get real. Absolutely. You know, you know how Is there another I'm, kind? I some people think that there is.
1: There
2: shouldn't <laughs> be. No, should shouldn't be.
0: But I'm like I don't have time that's absolutely correct. <laughs>
1: That's right. Life
0: is too short. I need to jump right into the realness of the conversation. So in writing uh, this section of How to Fix a Broken Record, I, I was telling Montel and Kristen before we started recording that I was very intimidated writing this because at the time of of the writing, Matt and I had only been married five years. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, uh, we're not really at a point where I need to be writing a this what you need to do type situation in your marriage. <laughs> so I really tried uh, as artfully And as vulnerably as I could to write what our experience has been the first few years of being married, which had a lot of beauty to it, had a lot of uh, foibles (laughs) Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. and had some hard things also, which I think is just a part of what marriage is like. So I want to talk to uh, the two of you, especially since you are married much longer than Matt and I. 23 years deep in this 23 years deep. It's been a while. I love it. So Matt and I like to say, now that we've been married six years, that our marriage is a first grader, that we know how to read. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, We can share our snacks. (laughs) And uh, we can, you know, do a little science and math. But that's basically what we have. But sometimes
1: you color outside of the line, Right,
0: sometimes. But you've been married 23 years, so Mm -hmm. your marriage is an adult. You can vote. Yeah. You're of drinking age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, so uh, you've got some wisdom there.
2: Well, I just let her have all the crayons. Now, so
0: <laughs> That's also And I make sure rule. he only
1: has one color. There you go. <laughs> <Listen>.
0: <laughs> yes. So I love to start out with this question and Montel um, and Kristen talk about this a little bit in their book this is how we do it making your marriage a masterpiece and mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about this book but masterpiece is actually spelled P-E-A-C-E yeah. which I want to talk about in a little while sure. but I love to ask couples this question because I think what's interesting about when we talk about romantic love when we talk about marriage the first time you're meeting this person that at the time you're meeting you don't know you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person you don't know all these addresses you will live and you know if you'll have children you don't know those things but that first meeting now looking back on it is like a life-changing moment right Got so it can was. you share with the two with with the two of us in here three of us and and all the rest of us listening here share with us what was it like when you first met did you feel it did you feel the vibes or did you absolutely not, feel not. The vibes? Can, can
2: i so, s- can not. i start so i can tell the truth <laughs> First, and if we get Remember, the truth, if we get the truth out. there's his
1: side, her side, and then there's the and then, truth. And then there's the mm. truth. So let me okay. just go ahead
2: and get the truth first, mm. and I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, and then she can go ahead and, mm. and spin it. Um, if you can see my side eye right now. <laughs> listen, I was coming okay. out of bad relationships. I was a good guy who did very bad things. Okay. So I was a guy that was popular, fraternity popular, all types of different things, Um Women were interested. I could do the different things that uh, that bad guys would do, but then I would say, "But I told you from the beginning that this is just who I am." And so I was that dude, and I was coming out of that into a place of trying to grow closer to God and saying, "Lord, I don't want to be this guy anymore. Please introduce me, or the next woman that I meet, uh, I want that to be my wife." And uh, that's when I saw her uh, at an event. And when I saw her outside, like she's six feet tall, uh, light skin, long hair, don't care, all of that. And I was like, yo, people are just now seeing the movie Wonder Woman. There's an island where all these women were at and one got away. And that's <laughs> how I was like, yo, and now she's here and I'm going to get her. Now, just to fast forward, uh, she won't talk to me. She was not interested in me. She was in man hater mode. Uh, and basically in our first meeting, even though I saw her, something inside me literally said, that could be my wife. Like literally, wow. and I go back to scripture that it that it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Mm. Now, even though this whole journey would take a, a whole different turn, at least the idea was I felt like I saw her first, and I felt like I found her first, even though she could care if I lived or died. Now, that's <laughs> that's how that story starts out.
1: Okay. So okay. the back dialogue is, at this time, I'm a college student. It's my first year in college, and I had dated... A series of guys that were let's say less than and when I say less than I mean hey you want to go out to dinner sure get to dinner have dinner get to the bill you got me right
0: oh no I don't
1: got you no And that would have been good to know before we got here because then the answer would have been no So this is the preface for where I was at in my heart or my heart positioning per se Mm. And then on the way to the venue my car broke down And I had on the wrong outfit, like everything about this was wrong. So by the time I got there, I was, let's say hateful at best, but I was going because it was my best friend's event. And I was like, okay, I'm here. That's it. That's all you got. Now intro, his brother actually was a former classmate of mine at an old school Mm -hmm. I went to. And he's like, Hey, how you doing? And I was like, great, great to see you. This is my brother Montel. And okay, great. Hi, nice to meet you and he was like of course at this time he's like the king of his fraternity everybody worships and adores him i don't know this and nor could i care and truthfully he kept saying do you want to dance i was like no do you want to dance no listen if i dance with you will stop talking that was pretty much where i I was at yeah it it was
2: it was actually the quote was the quote was if i dance with you will you leave me alone
1: Wow. Yeah. That's what so, it was. so this is how it, it starts. And so we, me and my best friend, and him and his brother decide to dance. But, you know, you're really talking to your friend. You're not really talking to them. We're just doing this to appease you. And so they felt that with all of their heart. And um, so they decide so, kid and play. Oh, comes on and oh god, god bless the dj thank God for oh to play. Mm-hmm. yeah and so in all of his six eight grandeur and i i want to explain to you that the six eight grandeur is huge when doing the running man and not the cute running man they do now i'm talking flailing appendages right. like, that's like, that's like a a oh yeah like those, yeah. every yeah. Mm-hmm. eye in the house goes and turns towards you and you're like oh my God. <laughs> yeah, if oh you're not gonna see
2: me Everybody's Everybody's gonna gonna see see me me.
1: And that's how that goes And so then it was Hey let's talk. Oh, you want to talk now?
2: <laughs> now you want to talk?
1: No, <laughs> you, dancing. You want to da- dance? No, we're dancing. Nobody da- you want to you talk? Okay. <laughs> um, and he actually made me laugh because I, was, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to cry or laugh because literally everyone in the house is looking like, oh my goodness. Wow. Um, so yeah, so we commenced to talk and he asked for my number and my first question was, listen, I just have one question for you. Do you have a job? Important questions. And it was really, he said, do you want me to pay for you? I said, no, I have no interest in you paying for me. I just need you to pay for yourself. <laughs>
2: Please. I was like,
1: <laughs> <Please>. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> that's, all, that's all required here. However, what I will say is that on the second date, when we, I decided to go on a double date. Because in case the single ladies want to know how this is done, um, as always to ensure one's safety, you never go on, a date with someone that you don't know, by yourself to a place not known, right? So I went on a double date with my best friend and his brother, and um, I saw him for the first time, the second time. And let's just say, Did you as, catch that mm. she
2: yeah. saw me for the first time, mm. the second time.
1: I mean,
0: as a poet, I'm kind of upset about that. No, I'm you like, can Man, have. It. I'm about to
1: go on my notes section, like yeah. <laughs> <"Mm-mm."> <laughs> so. And literally, uh, my friend and I, we drove because that way, if it goes left. We're we get, out. We get left. Also safety. Dude, listen. <laughs> also safety, safety first. Mm-hmm. Safety first. And so as he's coming to the door, he has this all white tracksuit on and he looks like a Greek god and I was like, "Oh, my, that's the guy from other night? Really? Real talk?" And yeah, absolutely. And if if there was music, there would it would have absolutely been Barry White. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah baby you didn't see me the other night but you see me tonight yes. <laughs> do, 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 do. Nah, and now we got four kids
1: there
0: Two? You go. wow four kids 23 years <laughs> later business different addresses you've lived like all of this life from this running man moment thank I mean. god for the running man shout out to Kenna play and the running man absolutely because wow so I want to fast forward into your story and I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a newlywed because Mm. there may be some people listening who are engaged as they're listening to this, want to be engaged or who are in that first early actually just saw um, a friend from church married two weeks, Mm. two weeks into her marriage. Right. And one of my favorite chapters in this section to write was the letter to my newlywed self, which I was writing in retrospect, right. Thinking back, you know, if I could, if I could talk, to that woman who I, I was actually talking to Matt about this recently. I remember that night our pastor and one of the groomsmen rushing us to like get our stuff, you know, wrap, start yeah. getting everything packed into the car. Don't let these people keep you here. You married now, get out, go mm-hmm. to wherever you stand tonight, yeah. going to get on your honeymoon. And like, if I, if I would have been there as my future self to have like grabbed her real quick and said a few things, you know, I mm-hmm. sort of wanted to write that chapter to say, what are the things I would have said to her? Like, if you now, after 23 years of marriage, could go back to that Montel and Kristen mm. on your wedding day at that moment that, you know, sort of it's this emotional, but very exciting moment that you're leaving your family, yeah, all your friends that are there at the wedding that day, you're going to get in that vehicle, the two of you, and you're like going into your life. You know, mm-hmm. if you could look back and say some things to the two of them, what do you think you'd say now?
2: If I can start, first of all, let me just say the way you crafted that in the book, I wish I had read prior on our honeymoon. I wish I had read what you wrote there. <laughs> True story. Because that was super, super good. And from the, the the standpoint of what a woman is thinking as well going into that, and so I appreciate you uh, for telling those things about how to, you know, take things slow, and you know, uh, if it's good, and go ahead and you know, speed up, you know, whatever right. that looks like. But but super good. And, and I can say that uh, I believe for us. Um, the first thing I, I thought about was, I can't believe we're this tired. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yes! And, and so yes! that whole first night that you're thinking, this yeah, is going to be awesome. I think we slept. If I'm honest, I, I think maybe our honeymoon started like on the second night. Cause the first night after the wedding, like there was no commencing. There was, it was sleep. So tired. thank God for, for that sleep.
1: Um, but We had a six a.m. flight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. But but here's what I will say, I, I, and I would, and, and this is different, I think, because of of us. We had signed a, a recording contract, um, and gotten gotten married, and it was literally like after we went on our honeymoon, we came back and were thrown headfirst into the music business.
0: Wow. Yeah. So
2: our newlywed time. I think we're probably more acting like newlyweds now, 20-something years into our marriage than we even did in the very beginning. Because I didn't know I could be a good husband. and, And she didn't know if she could be a good wife. Those were things we didn't know. I knew I could be a good musician and a good artist. She knew she could be a good businesswoman. And so we came from the altar, did a honeymoon, rode horses, Uh, uh, hung out on cruise ships and casinos and ate lobsters and hung out and then got back and started recording an album. And so I think a lot of our honeymoon, uh, our newlywedding time together was maybe lost uh, during that time period simply because we didn't know what newlyweds were supposed to do. We didn't, I don't think either of us saw really strong marriages and had a mentorship or people to pour into our lives to tell us, hey, as a newlywed, you need to slow this down and you need to be doing this. You need to be spending time. You need to that be would have been helpful. learning how people eat together and sit at tables together. We had no idea. We just knew you know, the music business. And so, baby, you can maybe shed some light on that,
1: too. First thing I would tell you is is that when you are preparing to be married on that day, don't wear heels. That's a lie. I want From the you pit of hell. to speak
0: the truth today, Kristen.
1: I would like to let you know that if you intend to wear heels, don't lie to yourself. Because that dress is too heavy. And my feet hurt so bad, I felt like people had stabbed me in the bottom of my feet. So that was part of the lack of commencement. I was in the tub soaking my feet.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good to know.
1: Yep. And uh, my feet were so swollen, so yeah, flats is important. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, don't put so much pressure on yourself uh, to perform, Yeah. to do it. You have a lifetime for that. And so I think people put so much pressure on it, sometimes they can feel disappointed and it's a setup for what's to come. Um, And I think that's a great disservice. Um, And then while you're on your honeymoon, Reckless abandon and have fun and like nothing else matters. Um, funny, at the time we were broke. Like super broke Like think we went with $300 in our pocket On yeah, the cruise from the, ship From
2: the dance From the uh, Yeah from the money the, dance know, Black right? folks got to Pin, <laughs> pin the money yes. on your dance Thank yeah. God for black folks And pin the money on your Shout dance Because otherwise Shout out We wouldn't have mm-hmm. nothing Mm-mm.
1: And um, we actually <laughs> I was smart enough To enter a blackjack tournament <laughs> First she thing She was in blackjack On the on the boat And I won $1,000 And walked away And never gambled again Nice but, yeah. And so we Were totally Reckless abandoned was at
2: abandoned. The tables This is pretty days, I was at the crap table. We was on a cruise ship. We didn't care at the time, and so we literally took that three hundred dollars. I think she took a hundred. I took a hundred. We said we just gonna eat. You know what I'm saying? Because the cruise ship was paid for, and we went the first night on the ship, and we gambled. She won like a thousand. I won like seven hundred fifty dollars. And for the rest of our honeymoon, we was just balling out. Yes, like it was just
1: like
0: making it rain. Yep. Yeah, it was good. <laughs>
1: Lobsters and it was great. Horseback riding and all kind of things. So anything you can think of, and really the adventure. Those are things you know rather than investing in things per se, invest in the adventure because the memories never fade. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. So I think that was one of the things we learned is that... Um, you know, go all out because that experience is something you'll have for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah.
2: and if I could just say this, just a tag on there. Um, a lot of people focus, and I've heard this before. I didn't create this, but a lot of people focus more on the wedding than they do on the marriage. Mm. And I think we kind of fall into that category. We we wanted to have the right flowers, the right this, the right play. We wanted everything to be right. But I don't know if we actually put a lot of focus into what happens after we say I do and everybody leaves.
1: Oh, it's supposed to be perfect, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so and the truth be is in love like all the time. Yeah. And it's supposed to be magical. And the truth is reality. <laughs> you live with somebody that you're like, wait, 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 wait. You're going to leave those piles there. You can put the toilet paper on like that. Wait, the toilet seat stays Oop. down. That's me. Oop. Like, you know, <laughs> are you going to hang that towel? The devil's a liar. You are not going to leave that pile right there. Yeah. So it's one of those things, you know, dishes in the sink
2: be serious. We had to learn how to get into each other's space. So, as newlyweds, if I'm honest, we we like fell into the same trap that many people do of trying to figure out okay, this is my space. I'm a selfish man. I have been this way my entire life and I got to share space with you. I have to share time with you sleep who sleeps on what side of the bed? like all those different things. And I, I guess maybe one other thought, I would say this because in the, in the idea of going into a uh, marriage, uh, either as a, as a virgin being pure or going in with baggage, uh, if, if I can say it that way. Um, I would say for anyone, it is always so good to allow God, God doesn't restore virginity, but he can restore purity. I think we could have avoided a lot of pitfalls that we had gone through had we known, hey, we need to take all these strongholds, these past relationships, these past memories, and they need to go so that when I'm coming now to be I'm married to my wife and, and we're husband and wife now, I don't have a bunch of other memories and people in, you know in our bedroom with us. Those things needed to be go and, and cut out so that we are, we have fresh perspective and fresh everything, not coming into the marriage. Well, oh, this is good, but you know, I remember somebody did this like this, or I, you know, I used to like this. Uh, and it took us probably many years into the marriage to get to a place of cutting off and uh, those different strongholds and past memories and stuff, so that all we have remaining is what God had just for us mm-hmm. in the safety and the covenant of marriage.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. It it reminded me on our uh, honeymoon, we had Matt's parents' timeshare. So it was 50 bucks.
2: Come on. There it is. They gave
0: us a week of what would have been their vacation, basically. So we were on our way driving down Orlando to go to the timeshare and started opening up those envelopes, you know, and we were like, we're rich. <laughs> we're about to go to Universal Studios. Bye. Yeah. You know, because like we're going down there, like you said, with just a little bit of money you had in your pocket, you know. So to open up those envelopes, like, thanks, everybody.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> we're right. about Us. to have like an
0: actual honeymoon, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I Please think one of the money. other things uh, of being a newlywed or early on you know in your marriage is the bad advice you get from old crusty married couples and i remember (laughs) in in our early newlywed time and even when we were engaged old crusty married couples walking up to us and being like oh you get married you know and you're thinking Mm. it's gonna you know they're gonna say some hopeful encouraging things to you you know and they're like well enjoy it while you're in love If uh-huh. you make it through your first year, you can make it through anything, you know? And oh, would, you know, and of course, when you're planning a wedding, you're already like emotional. Hey. So I'm like crying at everything. Like, why are they saying that to us? And like, why awesome. did they stay married if they were going to be old and crusty like Krusty, that, you know? Operative so word. in the work that you do, just serving other couples, yeah. uh, walking couples through a lot of things, you know, and you are not an old, crusty, married couple. Thankfully, right? Yeah. What What is advice that you, tend to give when you're you have that opportunity which is a real honor to sit across the table from couples who are about to begin their mm. marriage journey or who are early on in the journey trying to navigate how all that is what are some things yeah. you typically say to them in a way to want to be hopeful you know want to be truthful but be hopeful
1: I think for me uh, probably the key advice that would have been super helpful would be prefer your spouse over yourself mm-hmm. get over yourself Is basically um, I think when two people come together, they're typically selfish because they come from their own thoughts and their own ways. Right. But if I had learned to prefer what he desired over what I desired, I think it would have saved me a lot of heartache. I think when you come in with an agenda of oh, it's going to go like this and it's going to be like this based on what you've seen. And usually what you've seen is not necessarily healthy. That would have been super helpful for me.
2: I think uh, in the process of decrustification. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you,
0: Decrustification. Yeah. In, in the process yes. of,
2: of Decrustification, uh, part of it comes from dating each other yeah. or the idea that what it took to get them, it takes to keep them. Uh, you know, for the men out there to never stop pursuing your wife, even though you now caught her you still have to continue to pursue her. I would say to the wives out there, never stop being a woman worth pursuing. Now that you've been caught, it doesn't mean that you are not able to con- continue to run and scamper even in that because there's a pursuit thing that needs to continue happening. Um, I think one of the things that uh, allows us to have decrustification in our marriage is that I continue to date my wife. We date each other. Mm. Uh, we try and outserve each other. And I don't think either of us have ever seen a, a failing marriage where two people are madly in love with God on their own time yep and then they can't take the love that they get from God and then try and pour that out on each other i am trying to outserve my wife she's trying to outserve me and let me tell you one it that's explosive in our intimacy life it's explosive in our and our relationship live, but just as a man, like you're not gonna outserve me. Like you're not gonna set it out and, and do something really cool. And I'm not gonna like reciprocate or or, or try and you you're gonna beat me in in out serving. And so we're constantly in a place of trying to to outdo each other in loving each other. And when we do that, rather than uh that like you said, the selfishness of, well, now I'm in a marriage, you don't do this for me, or you don't do this for me, or what about me? What about my happiness? Uh, when you prefer your spouse over yourself, you're literally uh, like Christ did for the church dying uh, for a love for someone or for a church that didn't even love him back. Sometimes um, you are literally saying, I'm going to die to myself, to my preferences, um, you know, and we're going to have the heater on, even though I, I preferred cold in the room, I will burn in this bed so that you can be happy.
1: Bless <laughs> or, God for the burning bed. Or she'll
2: let me have the fan on. And I know it's cold in the room, but she'll throw extra blankets on, you know, just, and so we're, it's a balance of how can I prefer you over myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of the things.
1: Interesting. So all the things that we poured into, even our oldest son is married now. Mm. And it's crazy because we're getting to see, um, the things that we've poured into each other now have manifested into this relationship that they have. And so wow. we get to see a full fruition of what that looks like of to grow up around a healthy marriage because they're like, Oh, we want to outserve each other. Like they have my daughter in love. She has what she calls husband appreciation day and it's every three months. Wow. And she goes all out on this date, <laughs> right? All out on this date and to surprise him and everything's a surprise and he gets envelopes and like all these things. So my son is like, oh, not to be outdone. And so the other day he took her on this like magnificent, you know, she's massages and movies and picnic. And I was just like, oh. and they're like, oh, we learned it from the best. And I thought, oh, wow. Wow. not a bigger compliment mm. um, than for your children to model after you in a good way. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bad material that they could source from <laughs> yeah, back yeah. in the day. But this, these are the legacies that we now hold. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the full circle of what that looks like. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow, Kristen is out here trying to get uh, me in trouble because Matt looking like, oh, husband oh. appreciation day. <laughs>
2: i never <clears> heard of <throat> that one.
0: <laughs> I'm sure when I get home, it's going to be some conversations about that. I'm like, um, could we edit that out so that Kristen will have to <laughs> have me getting some questions later. So you all are not only spouses. You mm-hmm. are also business partners. Mm-hmm. Yes. You work in ministry together. Yes you've written a book together. And people often ask us because we also have a business together, work together, have done ministry together and are married to each other. People ask us all the time, how do you do that and still like each other (laughs) and not just like, be fighting all the time. And, you know, when you're working together or in a ministry environment, you know, there are other factors that you have to discuss and consider and negotiate. Right. In addition to your relationships. So first, I want to talk a little bit about this book. This is how we do it. Making your marriage a masterpiece. What was it like writing this book together? You've collaborated on a lot of projects, I'm sure. But what was this process like to not only be writing this together, but writing about something so personal?
1: The interesting piece is um, when God laid it on my heart to write this book, we were at church working together, mm-hmm. and he was on stage, and I was producing, and the Lord was like, I want you to write a book. Okay, that's nice. Can we talk about that later? <laughs> but the truth is, um, I would come home, and I would start to write, and the Lord said oh, no, 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 this isn't just you. It's him too. I was like, oh, then you'll have to tell him that. Because (laughs) I I really don't want to hear that feedback. Um, But we would write this back and forth dialogue of the same story, um, but from my perspective and his perspective. Mm -hmm. Because even the same story can have multiple perspectives because men and women think absolutely, completely opposite. And so I think it's important that you gain perspective from that way. Um, And I think for us we have learned to um, listen to each other but seek to understand instead of be understood mm-hmm. and i think that's the key for us is that whether we're working together whether we're writing together whatever that may be is that what is the perspective that you're coming from you have my best interests at heart you have my back there's no one that's more for me than you and so if I come from that preface, I know that what you're telling me is not trying to harm me, mm. but it's trying to help me. And so if with that in mind, I know you don't have an agenda other than for me to win. Because quite frankly, if I don't win, you don't win. Mm-hmm. So it changes your perspective as opposed to being combative. There's nobody who has my back like he does yeah, and vice versa. So th- it's those kind of prefaces that you go knowing that you want the best for me, I know where that's coming from. And even if I don't agree with that, where's your heart behind that? Mm -hmm. And trying to listen outside of the box, if you will.
2: And then we had to learn what what mode we're in too, because uh, meaning um, sometimes we're in husband and wife mode, we're in date mode. Sometimes we're in mommy and daddy mode. Sometimes we're in ministry mode. And everybody outside of us just see Montel and Kristen, but we have to be able to recognize when we're flipped into you know, a different mode. If I'm in artistry mode and she is in manager mode, we have a way that we function and that we uh, allow each other to uh, to work together to get done what needs to get done. Some people may see us as parents, but we might be at that one point in husband and wife mode. And so it's just, I think, learning those things. And then to be able to encompass that in in a, a work, in a, in a, in a book, uh, I think the way we work together is she has these great great thoughts and ideas uh, i'm a writer uh I, i'm a songwriter and so i re- rewrite and rewrite things over and over again she gives it out raw so the perfect way, the way that we work together is that she'll write something she gives the thought and then i'm able to take it and craft it and make it more digestible mm. and so that's just the thing that works for us simple email might be you email and you say hey can you guys do an interview on monday and then she responds and says, yes, set it up. But she'll send that to me before she says, yes, set it up. And I say, hey, Mina, hope Matt's is doing good. Looking forward to meeting with you on Monday for the interview. Thanks a lot. See you then. And so it's the same thing, but I'm just communicating it with, I guess, more words or more digestible. And that's how the book is kind of kind of took its place that she took it. And, and just said the raw stuff that needed to be said, I came in and just kind of filled in the blanks. But this is really her, another one of, of the great children that she's given me in this lifetime. This is another one that she birthed. Mm -hmm. And I have the, the, the honor to help nurture that, that baby for other people to be able to see what our marriage is.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And I, I think there's a Testament in general to being able to persevere in your marriage. Mm. And in addition to that, to having all of the other roles that you're going to share, that you're going to share the role of parents between you and you're going to work together and do ministry together. That adds all these other elements to it that you want to steward well, but you also are going to come back to that center of like at the end of the day, we want this relationship between us to have peace in it. Yeah. To have honesty and communication in it. So we have to take time to do that. I think that was one of the things that when I talk to newlyweds, I always tell them the time quotient of marriage. Like I mm. remember that first year being married being like, um, I don't have as much time to just <laughs> yes. like chill, chill and kick it like I used to. And some of it's not even like, you know, things on the schedule it's just the time that like you wake up in the morning and you're talking about you know the dreams you had last night or like I leave a meeting and it made me feel weird and he's my person you know like I want to call him up and say I don't know why I left that meeting feeling kind of weird and do you think I felt weird because I am weird or did I feel weird because the person was weird you know like there's all this time in there that you are hopefully tending to uh, this relationship this marriage between the two of you to grow so I really really love that as a perspective i think i want to talk also about communication yeah and Mm -hmm. even just now uh, when i asked you about how you navigate all these different roles you play communication plays a big part in that and we can watch communication become the downfall also in a lot of marriages right either lack of communication or we have all these you know strange ways we grew up that we didn't know were strange because yeah. it was our family and it was normal but now we're in a marriage with somebody who's like you know to communicate the way you communicate is not normal or is not working for me is <laughs> not yeah. the way yeah. you know i like to communicate so like i i'll give y'all an example and then i want to ask you some questions about how to help couples with sure. communication so i communicate like like a tornado So, like, (laughs) if I have the feelings, like, I can't hold in the feelings. Mm. So, he might be working at his office. I don't knock. I don't, is this a good time? (laughs) I'm opening the door like, you know, this morning I've been thinking about some feelings I feel about something happened when I was 17. And I don't know why that's in my mind today, but let me tell you. And he's looking at me like, girl, I'm in here (laughs) mixing a record. I'm in here (laughs) trying to make some music like you walking in with all the wind, all the debris, (laughs) you know, (laughs) going on, you know. So that was the thing I had to learn, like, to ask him, is this a good time? Yeah, you know, for us to talk or I have something I want to tell you and he'll be like okay I've got a break let's talk about it right now or let me finish this thing I'm doing I'll be done in about 30 minutes we'll love to talk about it but even those like simple things or seem so simple can really turn into some problems yeah. when we don't know how to effectively communicate for couples who may be listening to this who are going through what is going to happen in everybody's marriage where you're missing each other right mm-hmm. like one person saying something but you're hearing a different thing you maybe have an issue on the table that you can't resolve right yeah. you keep talking about it that that like the idea of like the we don't go to bed angry, right? Mm -hmm, And we don't wanna go to bed angry, but truthfully, there are times that we can't bring everything to resolve in the 24 hours. Yeah, Sometimes we gotta talk, right? And we gotta be like, okay, we gotta go to bed and just let's discuss this again Mm -hmm. tomorrow, right? What are some things you would say have been helpful to you in your marriage as far as learning how to communicate in healthy ways or things that you've
1: shared with other couples that have helped them? I think for me, the whole premise of not going to bed angry, that took me a long time to get to. But what I realize is that the detriment yeah. of that is catastrophic. Yeah. Like you, you don't realize how, it seems like such a simple thing, right? Don't go to bed angry. But one, we can get so upset about something and that you don't understand and we're not seeing eye to eye. How do I resolve this? What you need to realize is that We're not saying that it's going to completely resolve. Mm. The truth is there are some times where things don't completely resolve. But one, I'm not going to be angry at you. I'm not going to be upset with you. I'm going to table this and say, you know what? We agree to disagree, but I'm not going to be mad. One of the things for me is is that anger, it tabled for any period of time, creates bitterness and Mm. resentment. And so Mm -hmm. it's the underlined... Uh, sheet if you will (laughs) under your marriage if you don't expose what that is and usually it's just literally a miscommunication or you're not understanding what I'm saying or you're not understanding my perspective and so sometimes you have to get out of your own head and out of your own thoughts um, to communicate that and to be able to resolve that by the end of the day but I can tell you there have been times where I have not resolved something and I wake up and I'm like 17 times as mad as I was the night before and If you build on that, it's very treacherous and very dangerous. Whereas I can say, you know what? We're going to try and resolve this all the way. And Mm -hmm. if not, we agree to disagree. I love you. And pray for him because it's very hard to pray for somebody and be mad at somebody at the same time. Say that. Because the truth is your heart positioning is different when you pray and you realize that there's someone else listening. And quite frankly, he's always listening. Right. But it's the, the truth of saying, okay, God, we need you to come and resolve and bring a peace to this situation and help us to resolve it in a way that is acceptable to you and so that's kind of where we go with that and
2: I think also just the idea that we've we've tried to really go to seek to understand more than be understood Mm. and I know that you know a lot of times I'm a word guy and I I think you know people say you know are you listening to me are you listening to me I know people can listen to you but not hear you Uh, I don't want to be listened to I want to be heard Uh, and so it's like I have a son and I'll say to him I'll call him Skyler. yes dad clean up your room. Yes, dad. Now he was listening to me, but he didn't hear what I said. Cause if he heard what I said, he would clean the room. And so a lot of times in our, in our marriage, we can be listening to each other, but not hearing mm. what's being said. And so I've had to learn how, what, how do I hear what she's saying? You know, and we, we talk about this where she'll say, um, I'm listening to her. She says, Hey, what you doing Monday night now? I'll say, you know, I I know what I'm doing Monday night. The game is on. I'm gonna be hanging out, watching with the, you know, frat brothers. We're gonna be watching the game. So I was listening to her, but I didn't hear what she was saying. If I heard what she was saying, uh, we haven't spent time. Um, I'm trying to find out what your day is. Am I more important than this? I know it's Monday night, but you know we haven't been on a date or this or that. And so now my response is, what are you doing Monday night? I'm hearing what you're saying. "Um, What would you like to do, babe? I had some thoughts, but. You know, what What do you have in mind? And so uh, I think when you take that communication, another piece is that we know that uh, communication is 90 percent nonverbal. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not so much what's being said, but what's not being said. And or so when
1: you say it or, or, or how you, you say it, say it. How you
2: say it. So, yeah. So body language, eye contact, uh, posture, all of those things, they play a big role in how we communicate with each other. If I can give you just one other piece. And mm-hmm. she does this very well. Um, Kristen knows how to preface for me if she wants me to just hear her or if she wants me to fix something. Sometimes uh, I've, I've seen our women where they just, they can, they can fix it themselves. They've got it figured out, but sometimes you sound bored and you're trying to speak it out and verbalize it so that you come to your own solutions. Men are fixers. So when she would come to me early on and say, hey, I had a bad day in the job and this guy said this over at the record label and this or that. Now I'm I'm fired up. I'm ready to go to the office and punch this dude in his mouth, you know, and I'm and I'm ready to. Hey, you want me to go down there? And now she's more mad at me than she was at the guy at the office because she, I don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to fix it. I want you to listen and hear me. And so I had to learn how, do you want me to hear you or you want me to fix it? But she helps me out now by saying, hey, I want to tell you a story about what happened to me at work today. I don't need you to fix anything. I need you to listen. And that sets me up for the win because I can listen. I can hear. Well, if she needs me to fix something, she's able to say, hey, I need you to help me with this. The kids, this or that or the other. And then that
1: way I know how to respond. Or I need your opinion. Can you tell me what you think of this? Oftentimes, as women, we will actually talk out our own solutions right. by just talking it out. So I really didn't need your input. I needed to hear myself talk. Mm-hmm. And so then I come to my own resolve. And then at the end, he looks and he goes, that's good, babe. Or I love you. Yeah. And that's all I that's needed. All. That's all that's I needed. All I and, you, and you win. You're welcome. You win. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, whereas you're, when you're so busy trying to fix everything, then I'm just like, yo, you didn't hear me at all you're just as dumb as him (laughs) (laughs) and those kind of things I think we set our spouses up for a fail when we don't preface what we're needing from them Mm -hmm. and I think setting the expectation is key in communication too not just in that but exactly what I'm expecting you to do here if I tell you what I'm expecting you can meet the mark if I don't then it's hit or miss. And at best I can reference my past and that sketch. So uh, what we're looking for is, is give me a marker and I'll hit it every time. But if you, if I don't know what I'm reaching for the odds of me hitting it are very minimal. Yeah.
0: And I think communication in marriage is so vulnerable. Yes. Mm. I think that's a thing that I had to learn. and still learning to think about, what what is the most vulnerable feeling underneath whatever I'm trying to say to you? And how can I just say that? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm getting annoyed about, you know, what you're doing or how much I think you're working you may be working the regular hours you normally work what's underneath there is that I want to spend more time with you or that I'm feeling insecure about some other things and how can I practice just saying I just need to be honest that I'm feeling insecure about some things based on other things happening in life right now and I need you to watch a movie with me and eat some popcorn with me you know and 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 be able to say those needs right and if you do
1: a regular date night and there's a weekly check-in right so that there's a time it may there may be seasons where you need more of that Mm -hmm. than, than others but if it's a regular or something to look forward to you can also source those feelings of say I can hold these for a couple days because I know he's busy with this because I know Monday night is coming or Friday night is coming Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like because you again you've met the marker right so you have something to shoot for it's like when you work on a job and you know you're going to go vacation at this certain time when things are going wrong on the job you go doesn't matter because in two weeks I'm going on my vacation right So if you have something to always look forward to, and those are things that are good setups too, is that not just weekly date nights, but like vacation time. And if you're married and it's just the two of you, when are we going to have that romantic whatever we're going to do, right? If it's once a year, we know in June, this is going to happen. We set it up. Nothing comes in this place. Nothing alters this unless... Jesus comes, and that's that. If you have children, then it's the setup of we have one where it's for us together, and then we have one where that's the family. For mm-hmm. us, we do our family between Christmas and New Year's every single year. It's the same thing. You know where we're going to be. We may be at a different location, but you know who we're going to be with. For us, during the year, we do it just us, because you have to have that intimacy and that, yeah. that time to be at a place where there's not anything pulling at you or distracting you yeah. from the main focus.
0: I want to ask one more marriage question. Then we're going to talk about music mm-hmm. because we can't talk about how to fix a broken record without talking a little bit about music. Understood. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the book, I tell this story about uh, Matt's sister, my sister-in-law uh, gave us a card for our wedding and she said her prayer for us was that we would come to know the mystery of marriage. Mm. Mm. And I remember as, you know, two, two weeks at that point into my marriage being like, okay, I don't really know <laughs> what that means, but it sounds really pretty. And now that we've been married six years, there is a lot of mystery yeah. to marriage. Just the mystery of how we are 100% our whole individual selves, but we are also one, one? Mm-hmm. that we have our own individual relationship to God. Mm-hmm. And we have this way that we relate to God together mm-hmm. in certain ways. I would love to hear the two of you speak to how you've experienced in your own relationship to each other, those mysteries of marriage.
2: Can I start with that? Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. I, I believe that if we could fully comprehend God, fully understand him, that would not be a God worth serving. I think there's a beauty to having a God that I don't get you. I don't understand you. I don't get this. I don't understand that, but I trust you. And because of that, I can walk in the mysterious places of God knowing he'll reveal to me everything that I need to know when I need to know it. I don't understand how you are father, son, Holy spirit, but yet you're one. Those are are pieces that I, I can't I can't explain those things. And in the same way, I think marriage is the closest resemblance of that relationship that God has in Father, Son, Holy Spirit that we have here on this earth that I'm one she's one and by all uh intents and purposes one plus one should equal two but somehow one plus one equals one and then you bring God into it and it's one plus one plus one equals one and somehow he's three and one and I'm one and she's one and all those come together and we still are one none of that makes any kind of sense uh but the idea that I still trusted. And I trust that it's a mystery that I'll never understand, but I'm cool taking the journey of trying to experience it rather than trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Some mysteries are better just trying to experience it rather than trying to figure out how this works. I never want to figure out my wife. We've been married 23 years and I never want to figure her out. It's not like a, you know, it takes you how long to be able to figure out a a puzzle or a Rubik's cube. And then once you put it together, you can set it to the side because you've conquered it. It's like a video game for gamers out there. You're, constantly trying to get to this end. And then when you get to the end and you finally conquer it and you beat the big villain at the end, you can now put that game aside because you finished it. I never want to finish her. I never want to Rubik's Cube and figure her out. I never want to get to the end of, oh, I've got you figured out, so I've conquered that. And God won't allow that either. So he continues to change her to even if I have a pattern, He fixes her Rubik's Cube a whole different way to where I cannot figure her out. And I never want to do that. I I think the mystery is um, that we can be together. We can be one. And I never have to figure you out. But I'm in for the journey and enjoying the mystery rather than trying to figure out that I've got everything conquered.
1: Mm. And wouldn't life be boring if you could figure it all out. I mean, the beauty of the relationship and the beauty of a marriage is that there's new things and you become new every day, right? So if you become new every day, then it it would not make sense that I would have it all figured it out. And so for me, I look at it like this. He evolves and he changes and he becomes greater and better. Like the man that I married is not the married man he is now. Thank God. Thank God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And the man, and honestly, the woman he married is not the woman that she was. Thank God, because I wasn't necessarily the greatest version of myself, because honestly, as I grow in God and I grow in levels of learning him and him exposing, you know, the darkness in my heart, the things that are eh, that's not so good. Let's get rid of that. Um, I evolve. So if I evolve and he evolves, there's always going to be this beautiful mystery. Right. And. I think he creates us with all these gifts, talents, and abilities. But we travel through this life trying to figure out exactly what those things are. And as we tap into new pieces of it, we become greater people or greater beings with more to offer. And with that more to offer, we get to explore and learn new things. Like, I didn't know until 20 years into our marriage that mismatched socks is like the antichrist like that's important stuff to know like hey buy the man a a new pack of socks and like you would have thought it's christmas every day or he won the lottery (laughs) like this is a thing thank you god i mean he likes the little the colorful socks with like the peppers or like uh, because he knows that they'll always be the same one because there's only one of each and that they'll look at the fancy socks fancy Fancy. breast cancer that's right that's right Mm -hmm. hashtag fancy socks yes and the thing is, is that that's something that makes him uniquely him. And if you want to make him happy, listen, buy him a new pack of socks.
2: You, you know, just as you're talking right there, uh, many couples get to this place of uh, being bored with each other or saying that you never, ch- you're always the same. You're the same back then. You know, you don't, you don't change. And I think that you're, you're not even the woman you were yesterday. Yeah that you are today like God is not you know he's the same yesterday today and forever but he's still always changing. He doesn't change his mind, but he is a God that is always evolving. You know, evolving. And so because of that, he's always creating, he's recreating us every single day. And if I can look at you as a new creation in God every single day, as opposed to she's still the same as she was back then, then I can look for the new things that God is doing in you and look for the new things God is do, doing in me every single day for us to try and figure out about each other. And I think that's another thing that kind of keeps everything fresh.
1: Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, So if I am becoming the creation that God wanted me to be, he's going to tell me who he is. So the key is, is that if he tells me who he is, and even if I don't see it per se yet, as I begin to speak God's word and I begin to speak what he tells me about him, he becomes everything that the Lord has said that he is. And the thing is, is that you're gonna have whatever you say. So if they're the same old person they were yesterday, guess who they're gonna be? The same old person they were yesterday because your words have the power to actually create your future. So now I say, oh, It's exciting, it's new, it's fresh, and every year it gets better and better. Guess what it gets? Better and better, fresh and new. My words actually create my alternate reality of what that that is.
0: What I hear in that, it sounds like grace. It sounds Mm. like mercy in the ways that we experience that of God, that we wake up every day and God says, you have new new mercies every Every morning, and that I have to lean into experiencing the grace of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that we get to learn that lesson yeah. in yeah. being married yeah. to our spouse that we can experience the mercy of that relationship you we don't have experience to experience grace He's I love what you to. said that
2: you don't you don't have to yeah. but you get to yeah and i think if people learn that that it, with their spouse, that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to grow. They don't have to change. They don't have to do anything, but they get to. Yeah. And if you understand, there's a difference between having to go to work and getting to go to work. Yeah. There's a, a difference. In our marriage, I don't have to love harder, but I get to love harder. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try and, and, and out-serve her, but I get to try and outserve her. And when we go from the, what we have to do to what we get to do, we change the very dynamic and the the very fabric of everything that God is trying to weave together in our marriages.
0: I love that. I want to close talking about albums because every episode of this podcast, I always ask my guests what their favorite album is Mm. of all time. Because we're talking about broken records. We've talked about quite a few today. And we also want to talk about literal records, Records, albums. So could you say what you would say either your favorite album of all time or what you would say is your favorite album right now?
2: Mm. I'll, let me
0: go first?
1: I already know. Okay, yeah. My
2: favorite <laughs> album of all time is Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions. Yes. And yes. one, there, uh, the best example I can give is one, like I said, I'm a word guy. And Stevie Wonder has written some of the, the words that have been the soundtrack of my life. Um, but I often look at this song uh, called Vision in My Mind. And y- this is a blind man who's writing words like, I'm not one who makes believe. I know that leaves are green. They only turn to brown when autumn comes around. I know just what I say. Today's not yesterday and all things have an ending. But what I'd like to know is could a place like this exist so beautiful? Do we have to take our wings and fly away to this vision in my mind? I'm hearing a blind man talk about green trees turning brown in autumn and spring and this, the vision I'm goosed right now sitting here and so but that entire album uh, from living in this uh, living for the city and how his voice changes from this hard and gritty when he's singing yeah. at the end of the song I feel uh, everything from beginning to end on that album every song just kind of navigates me through uh, these fantastic uh, stories and it's coming from a guy who can't see and man if that doesn't preach a message right Ooh. there, Uh, that uh, sometimes you you got people who can see uh, and they're blind, uh, but you got a guy who's blind, but he can see clearly than than people with their sight. And so uh, for me, that's been the album that has been the, I guess, the infrastructure of of my musical life.
1: Mm. And mine... (sighs) There's two that, that seek out to me. One uh, was inflicted upon me, but it became actually the dialogue. I actually still sing these, this song to my kids <laughs> in the morning because I would love to tell you that they wake up beautiful and amazing <laughs> and true, and it's not so. And so um, as a kid, uh, Carol King, Tapestry. Oh,
0: yes. Um,
1: so my mom used to, on Saturday morning at 7 a.m., run in my room and reach open the curtains and the sun shining in your eyes and say you have to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart people gonna treat you better you're gonna find yes you will that you're as beautiful as you feel and i would love Mm. to tell you that i Mm. felt beautiful at 7 a.m on a saturday morning and it wasn't (laughs) true But the irony is, is that that same feeling of, yes, you are as beautiful as you feel. And so that stuck with me. And it's something that my mom used to sing to me as a kid. And I sing to my kids Mm. in the morning, uh, every morning. And they're like, ma, (laughs) ma. But it's funny because those are the very things that they can recite and that they actually feel um, that they would say, And then, of course, um, I didn't grow up necessarily in the Lord, and so I'd like to tell you probably the the album that had one of the most influences over me, which is scary and actually quite telling, is Purple Rain. Listen... (laughs) Yes.
2: Hey. <laughs> well, yes. Your mom was white And your dad is black
0: so, so you know You gotta get a little yes. A little get, extra You gotta both yeah. Of those things in there Yes <laughs> Purple rain I stand by that I stand by that Yeah, by yeah that well.
1: and you know Probably the most terrifying Time in my life Was when I was 13 And a little girl Brought to my Thought that I could Never marry Prince Because I was already Six <gasps> feet tall And he was barely 5-1 in heels. <laughs> and so it was a travesty because my 13-year-old birthday turned into, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the dichotomy. and But God had such a better plan for me and he was 6'8 and chocolate and fine and come on, perfect y'all. just for me. You better come on.
0: <laughs> I love it. See, see y'all how they're not an old crusty married couple. Yes.
1: Deep Yes. That so, is the hashtag of the week.
0: For our listeners who may be engaged, mm. uh, may maybe married, maybe wanting to look into this resource that you have just released, where would you tell them is a good place for them to go and kind of get plugged into this is how we do it making your marriage a masterpiece?
2: Everything they want to find is at montelandchristen.com. Montel is with two L's. Spell out A N D and Kristen is K R I S T I N. montelandkristen.com. Everything that they want to get books, workbooks, uh, uh, DVDs, um, all our materials and resources are there. And we got sermons,
1: sermons, podcast, everything. date ideas. That's important. Mm. Oh, and we're going to have our app that's going to come out, Masterpiece, Mm. and you'll be able to get that on the Google app and everywhere you can get an app and download that and you'll get date ideas as well as daily devotionals that'll give you just inspiration. Oh, I love
0: this. Montel and Kristen, thank you for taking the time to be a part of the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast. I really believe that a lot of couples will be helped by hearing your story, by hearing some hope, by hearing some decrustification. Yeah. So thank you for joining me.
2: We love you and we appreciate you and we're super proud of you and cannot wait for your project to drop. We got it in advance, but I'm going to tell everybody I know they need to have this. They need to have your project. So thank you.
1: Thank you for all that you do. We love you guys.
0: The How to Fix a Broken Record podcast is produced by DJ Oak Diggy at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The book, How to Fix a Broken Record, is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening.